Hey there, welcome to Cageless, a conversation podcast about experiential wisdom and personal hope. I'm Jenny Johnson. I'm a writer and I'm asking experts, thought leaders, and my friends to share their knowledge and tools on how they found freedom. Well, boy, howdy, everyone. It's great to chat today. Um, Today, we do indeed have a very exciting guest who her and I uh, were, we were connected by, I think, the ways of the universe, but by a friend. And I am so excited to talk to her today because she's literally kind of goals in every way that you can possibly imagine when it comes to creativity and creative entrepreneurship. So today we have Miss Katie Dalbout. Um, She's an interviewer. She's a writer. uh, She has a weekly podcast. Um, It is called Let It Out and it is so good if you haven't heard of it. She also writes a newsletter amongst other things. She's, she probably like is curing cancer if I had to guess. (laughs) at this point. But yeah. Hi, Katie. Thanks for joining us today. Definitely not. Unfortunately. (laughs) That's so nice. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you for having me. What an intro. I'm really, um, I mean, that unfortunately not curing cancer anywhere close, but I've done a bunch of those things. (laughs) I can't think of a, a better guest on Cageless. Katie, can you tell us a little bit about how you began, starting <laughs> at birth. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I was three weeks late. My mom always says that I walked out with hair and teeth. Mm. Um, and, you know, I've just kept being late ever since, pretty much. Uh, no, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm from Michigan. I grew up in Michigan in a small college town. And I lived in Detroit for a while after college. I studied broadcast journalism. I thought I wanted to be a TV news reporter. And to do that, especially at that time, which was like 10 years ago, you had to move to a small town and work your way up. And I didn't really want to have where I lived be dictated on that. So I sort of gave, and for a plethora of other reasons, I I gave that up and I was running a a wellness blog at the time and I was very very into wellness and wellness culture and this was you know this is like 2011 2012 so we didn't have a whole foods where I was from I it was kind of my rebellion to do something different at that time and I see now that a lot of that is pretty problematic and can be problematic and there's also a lot of good in it too and but anyway you know that's really where I was at that time in my interests and I, I made a lot of friends in that subculture and through having something on the internet where I shared myself, which was, you know, I always say the best in internet was like 2012 and it, it was really early Instagram or, or pre-Instagram and, and so I started really slowly and then Soon after I graduated from college, I moved to Detroit to do this marketing job, like a full-time job, because I, I you know, I, I had to support myself and I had to make money if I didn't want to live at home, and I and I didn't, and I I needed to. I didn't have the luxury of like, you know, I had to start a career where I would I had to make money in a lot of different ways, right? I wanted to keep doing what I was doing, which was teaching yoga and blogging, but I needed 
if I wanted to live on my own, I needed to get a job basically or several jobs. And so I, I got this job working in mm. marketing for a company and they were based in New York, but I was able to, that's why I had to move to Detroit. I was leading a team in Detroit for this company and I was able to work from home and it was flexible. So on the side, I continued to do what I was doing, which was blogging and teaching yoga. And at that time I was like, you know, I, I didn't have a TV and I was living alone and working alone. And I was kind of like, I could do that about podcasting because I was listening to so many podcasts and interviews. And I sort of felt like maybe I could ask questions and interview people. And my boyfriend at the time was someone who he had moved away. He had moved to California actually, which happens to be where I am now, but he was really supportive and I realize now how important that was. Like he bought me a microphone and kind of told me, just do the interviews and I'll help you figure out the rest, which the rest was everything and made me so anxious and I didn't like the rest, right? Like I just wanted to do the one part. I still just want to do the one part. I have to do the other parts and I learned how to do the other parts and now I help other people do the other parts, which is cool. But anyway, so I, I start interviewing strangers and strangers who became friends and you know, that was 10 years ago. That was 2013. And, and eventually, a couple of years later, I moved to New York, or several years later, I moved to New York. And I was doing it from there. And I was walking around with my little setup. And it was my way to see the city and meet people. And, and you know, what some people would call networking, maybe, you know, I was able to connect with so many people and have these conversations and relationships with people through this podcast. And I kept doing it and I got to meet so many like Matt, you know, not just through the people I've interviewed, but, and, and we just had our 400, 400th episode, but through the people who listen to the podcast, like your friend Maggie and, and through, she was in a workshop that I, I led called creative underdogs, which I started in 2020 because I, I was teaching this course about podcasting and I was helping people start podcasts and, Every time, you know, I thought people would ask me in the group workshop coaching sessions, I thought people would ask me like, you know, well, what kind of microphone to use and should I put it as this title or this title? And I got some of those questions, but all of that was in the course. Like what people were really wanting support from me with was, do I have permission to make my thing and put it out there? And what will my friend from high school think? Or what will, you know, and so I was really just giving people permission to, have a creative process and live a creative life and, and, and do all of these parts of being a freelancer or weaving together lots of different areas of interest because, and through transitions and pivots and all things that I've done, I've moved coasts many times or not many times, like one time I, I'm now I live in California, but I've made a lot of big moves in my life and I've, I've traveled all over the world by myself and I've, gone in and out of relationships and you know now I'm in my early 30s but the last 10 years have just been full of pivots and transitions and I used to write this column for the fullest called pivot and it you know it was about this right it was about like navigating these ups and downs so anyway I don't know if that I think I skipped over like being three weeks late coming out of my mom's vagina to like <laughs> you know this today I think I skipped like high school and babiness but if you want to go back to anything that's kind of I think where you kind of wanted me to head <laughs> that is so funny no I think it's the from literal like the conception to like the conception of your creativity and 
it is, I, I think, really difficult for a lot of people in their 20s and 30s to have that permission slip and, and being able to be like, am I actually allowed to do this? Because it doesn't really matter, right? Like what you're doing, like if if you are exercising your creativity and allowing yourself to exercise it, the rest of the things kind of work out. Or have have you found that following, I guess, this intuition, this path that you felt like you needed to follow has been rewarding more than it's been difficult or a little bit of both? That's a good question. I mean, I think a little bit of both. It's so different for everybody. You know, like I'm really fortunate and lucky in so many ways. And I kind of can't believe how some things have shaken out for me. But yeah, I mean, on a good day, I can I can see all the good and and how I love living in LA. I love my friends here. I love my life here. And on a bad day, I'm like, oh, I, you know, what's my retirement going to be like? And will I ever be able to buy a house? And, you know, like there's like, there's some really real yeah. parts of being a freelancer that are, that are complex and part, parts of being a single person, you know, that are complex, but I know it's going to be okay and it'll, it'll shake out. But I think, you know, I always said this about my 20s that they, I learned so much in my 20s. They felt like adolescence. It felt like I was just constantly taking in information and I spent a lot of time alone and I had a really different 20s than I think a lot of people or, or what I saw portrayed. I Because, like you know, to your point, I, I was working full time, teaching yoga, doing this doing everything I do now. And also I had a full-time job for most of my, for all of my 20, most of my twenties. I left when I was maybe 28, but I was doing that. You know, I wrote a book and I published a book and I went on a book tour all on my vacation days. Right. And then I had to like come back and, you know, and just be like, okay, well, whatever that's done. That was like cool to see a Barnes and Noble. Like, all right, what do I have to do for my boss now? You know, I just had to like keep going and, and then because I did that for, I was there for six years, which now looking back, like doesn't even seem like that long. But because of that, I saved money and, and I, you know, I, I, I'm still figuring out how to be like, if, if you're listening to me to be like how to make your first 10 K in your launch, like, you know, like I'm not, I tried all that. I like listen to the sales podcasts and the marketing, you know, it's just not me. Like I'm not going to ever do that. Right. So I look at myself more as someone who can support other artists and support people who want to figure out how to be better at being themselves. And then, you know, Lena Dunham has this great line that she always says to people. I think she says this to actors, but I think it applies to anyone. You know, I, I look at myself and my writing in a, in a very specific way, which is tell the story only you can tell with the resources that you have. And that's really what I guide people to do, whether it's if they work in food mm. or if they work in, you know, if they want to make a podcast, you know, I, 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 I really live by this phrase that Brene Brown says, which is unused creativity is not benign. You know, like we have to have something that fills us. Like I feel chaotic and awful if I'm not writing, if I'm not touching a creative project daily. You know, I feel really off if I'm not going on like 
a lot of really long, like excruciatingly mm. long walks if I'm not spending time alone and spending time with other people pretty much in equal measure. Like I really know myself well enough to kind of know my combination of like just baseline okayness and knowing I'll move away from that because of circumstances and things out of my control and just, you know, things I choose that actively that just fracture my focus and, and change that. And then I'll move back towards it and again and again and again. And, and that is what I help people figure out for themselves. And, and that's what I can give and do. And, and I interview other people about that and their process. And I, and I love that. And I think, you know, yeah, I, there's so much good and it definitely outweighs the bad, but of course there, you know, I want to be honest of like, there, there are challenges. There are, you know, moments where I'm like, Oh, should I just get a full-time job and have a 401k? And like, you know, it, but I'm not going to do that. Right. Or I mean, who knows, maybe I will someday, but I think it's just a self-honesty of like, this was my, nobody knows. Yeah. This was my like weird convoluted windy path of four steps back, three forward, you know, and everybody has their own and it might not be getting a full-time job, moving several cities and, you know, making your way like this. It might be just, you do your thing first or you get a job later or you never have a job or maybe like someone else supports you or you, you know, who knows? Like it just, everyone has to do that for themselves. And, and there's, and I think the biggest thing I want to say is there's no right or wrong way to do it. You know, that was a really big deal for me when, when I was working that job and I, and I was doing all this on the side, I was like, well, I'm not a real author because like I have to work this other job or I'm not a real podcaster because I don't make my money exclusively through that. And it's like, well, nobody is like nobody feels like they're everyone has that imposter syndrome. It doesn't really matter how you make your money because you never know how anybody's making their money. And, you know, actors who have a huge podcast, like also act or like, you know, people like we don't know. And, and I think it's just, it's really hard to, to be in that moment where you're like, does this even matter? Like, should I, am I pretending? And it's like, no, like keep, keep going. And we have to help each other to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that is, that's what you do. And I, I think that it's amazing how much of a, you know, coal mine canary you could be or, or anyone that decides to, you know, leave the small town that <laughs> didn't have the whole foods, leave, leave the place that wasn't serving you, or you could even serve it anymore. And I think it's really hard because there is literally no roadmap. Like no one, no one tells you like in elementary school, like, yeah, you can be a freelance creative. Like what even is that? You know what I mean? But, and I'm sure that, you, you know, you were saying that you get so many questions of how, how do I do this? And it's like, I don't really, I'm just, we're all taking the risk. We're all trying our very best. And sometimes, you know, with risk comes failure, but with failure comes, you know, learning opportunities, which, which brings up the question that I want to know from you is have you had any failures that you, that you feel like you couldn't have learned from? And then, you know, like in retrospect, you were like, oh, that needed, that needed to happen, you know, learning things the hard way. Oh my gosh. Yes. So many. I mean, Gosh, my friend Serena's dad, he's really prolific in what he does. And he has this thing he always says to her, which is success teaches you nothing. And I think there's kind of truth to that. You know, I, I, I don't know. I think there, you think you can actually learn by things going well. But I have so many things I've failed at and, and 
you know, I, I don't think that relationships ever fail. Like if relationships end, they just end. Like, I don't think that's a failure at all. I don't think we use the term failed marriage. I've never been married, but a lot of people I know have been married and some have been divorced. And I don't think that's a failure. I think you just decided to stop and that you can learn a lot from that one. And so, but you know, relationships that I've moved in and out of friendships and more and more of that, I've learned a lot about myself and about other people through those experiences and I wouldn't trade for the world. Um, but I think in terms of career, like I have a really good one, which is right before I left New York in, in 20, I, I started the project in 2018, but I, I had left my job and I had saved some money and I hired a huge design firm in Brooklyn and Bushwick to make a new brand and website for let it out the podcast. And I wanted to make an online magazine and I had a whole team and I had, uh, I, I, and by team, I mean like a few people helping me and a small budget <laughs> and, um, interns from NYU. And it was exciting. And, you know, we had meetings and I rented a co-working space and it was, and then I'm, you know, going to these meetings with this big design firm where I spent so much money. Like, I was going to make this magazine. I was going to make this online magazine. But at the time, you know, a lot of these other publications, I was modeling it after, like, Lenny Letter, Rookie. They were closing. And figuring out how to fund online media was just over my head. I was in too deep. I was out of my depth. And I couldn't do it. And so I had to through that experience, pivot and be like, okay, well, I want to start a podcast network. That's what I'm going to do. But that also, you know, business model wise, didn't make sense at the time, at the level that I wanted it to with the resources that I had, right? So, you know, I did start a second podcast, which I co-host with my friend Serena, actually, called Spiraling. But I don't have the network I dreamed of at that time. You know, everything has been really different than I expected. And I think I could look at that as a big failure and as a big, you know, like, oh my God, how silly. You thought you were going to start a magazine? Like, that's ridiculous. And I did look at it like that for a while. And I, you know, I, I had this big launch party and it was on a roof and it was this huge thing. And I spent so much money. And like, the next day... I went to Europe for the summer and really didn't work at all and, and really like tried to figure out what I was going to do next. And I came back and I got the idea for these kits that I do now, right? Which are these online workshops. And there's one kind of based off my book with journaling prompts called Write. And there's one about interviewing. And, you know, I help people start podcasts with the podcast kit. And so there's these online workshops and, and they really stemmed out of not making the magazine and I did this instead. So, you know, I think, and it's been a really slow process. I think that's the thing that has been interesting these last couple of years, especially is just how slow I've moved. And I think we often want it to be quicker than it is, but just accepting the pace that we're at can be really useful and the more gentle we can be with ourselves, I think the further we can go faster. 
and for me you know maybe some people work better with mm. pushing but i don't mm. yeah no what you were saying about walking uh it reminds me of the the augustine quote it it is solved by walking like anything that you can like imagine well i say solved you probably can't like I don't know, like fix some like concrete in the road by like walking on it. But like, you know, like having the space, like even metaphorically, like going to Europe. Yeah, maybe, maybe you can walk all over it. Uh, but like going and getting space and like allowing your right brain and left brain and the the environment around you to maybe like give you a different perspective shift, I think is, at least for me as well, like as a creative, it's, it's so, it's so important because I think also being in your body as, as you know, something that you talk about a lot is your anxiety. Um, it's so, it just changes everything when you can slow down, like when, when you can physically stop or, or physically slow down and, and just like get a little bit of a perspective shift because, like no one really knows what they're doing. And anytime that you paint something as a failure, it's probably like a voice in your head that like, <laughs> that like isn't actually like you. So what has been, I guess, the biggest tool in terms of like cultivating a creative community of people that do encourage you to slow down, do encourage you to reflect, do encourage you to like have self-care and, and like really really be present so you can continue to be creative. In terms of people and having good people and friends that you're connected with and feel supported by and feel like you can support, the biggest piece of advice I guess I can give on that is, and that's one thing I'm really proud of in my life is my relationships with people and I think the biggest creativity hack, if there is one, I don't believe in hacks, but if I jokingly had to make one, it would be like as a big joke, it would be the same piece of advice, which is like, be as present as you possibly can, wherever you are, like just try to be there. And it sounds so simple, but it really is. It's like, instead of thinking like, oh, what can I get from this person? And what, you know, what is this relationship going to be? Or how can I, you know, think, how could I be useful to them? Or, or don't even think that just like, because that's like almost too much, right? Because there's almost a subconscious, like trans, so many relationships are people trying to be transactional. And I just think like, let's just be people with each other, you know, like, let's just, what's happening that day. And I think the biggest relationships I've gotten have been so unexpected. It's going to the coffee shop mm -hmm. every single day and not asking what someone does for a year and then being like, Oh, cool. What, like one thing I ask people, which I, I noticed my friend Christine does this, which is when I meet someone or when I see someone, I always say, what'd you do today? Or what are you doing today if it's morning? And I love that as a question instead of how are you? Because no one's really going to answer how are you, but they'll, they'll answer that. And wherever they, it's more of a directive and wherever they go with that is where they want to go with it. You know, like if, if someone asked me what I did today, like, I'm probably not going to say the like weird random thing I don't want to talk about. I'm going to say like, oh, I, 
I got to talk to Jenny and, and I have my friend's dog and it, I hadn't been back to my apartment in a while and I came back in and it felt actually really good. And, and then, then we'll have a conversation about spaces or, you know, whatever, like it'll, it'll be what both people want to talk about and it allows for connection. I've never even said this out loud before, but I, I do think that being as present as you can with someone and, and, and asking people good questions is really useful. And, and saying to myself often, I'm like, what if it wasn't about me? What if it wasn't about me? Like, that's one question I ask myself often when I'm, you know, whether it's, I want more people to listen to my podcast, right? I'll say, what if it wasn't about me? Like, wh- how then do I want that? You know, and like, it takes your ego out of it. And, and same with anything. Like, if I want someone to text me back, like, what if it wasn't about me? Or, and then, you know, another question I, it's, a journaling prompt I often give to when I teach workshops about journaling, but what would this be like if it were easy? Mm. What would it be like if this were easy, if it were fun, you know? And I, I would ask myself that not only just through as a writing prompt, but when I'm in like the back of a cab and I'm stressed or anxious, like how would this go if it were easy? Like mm-hmm. what, what's going on here? Like get the energy back into your feet, get the energy back into the day and not, you know, tomorrow or later or whatever. And I think that is one way to connect with people. And then, you know, I'll say this, I'm really good at keeping in touch, right? Like if, if someone is, if I like someone and I want to have them in my life and, and we like each other and like tough luck, you're, we're pals for life. You know, I, I follow up, I text people back. It might take me a bit a minute, but I do it. And I think prioritizing friendship or prioritizing those relationships, it's easier said than done. And, and I fall behind in it too, but the more we can, you, you get what you give, right? You get what you, you get back what you put into it. And I, and I think I, I manage my relationships with people well, and that's something I'm really proud of. I've, I've also lacked boundaries and, you know, I think that has been hard, but I rather overgive and err on the side of, oh man, I'm a bit depleted and I'm behind in my work and I, I'm, you know, then having something to give and having the capacity to help a friend and not doing it, that would feel worse to me. So, you know, it's a lesser of two evils and I'm sure there are people who would have that say to have better boundaries and they probably have more money and success or who knows, but that's that's what I believe today and I think mm-hmm. prioritize who and what matters to you and and that's going to last not you know a number on a social media platform or you know a number on the scale or you know whatever it is right right yeah and and it's kind of kind of what I'm hearing is it's more about learning to like manage yourself and like learning how to regulate yourself and like be self-aware so you can also be present for other people because like we said there is, there's not really like a formula or like a checklist on how to uh you know be a free like creative spirit freelancer but there is i think a lot of really great tools a, a lot of like the ones that you mentioned that that you can learn to be you can learn to find freedom in and you can't be a creative if you don't have giving relationships or if you don't try to have relationships at all. I think that's Um, true. You know, I think it is about self management, but it's more, 
nervous system regulation. It's regulating ourselves and our resources properly so we can make things and share them and have the confidence and time and resources to do so and then help other people and do it again and again and again. So that was really well well said. And, and then knowing that you're not going to get it correct every time. Which, which brings me to my next question is what does your team look like now? Like as you are running, you know, a podcast, a, a newsletter, so many workshops, so many different things. I know that uh, a question like I have is like as as a lis- as a listener. Whenever uh, our friend Maggie first introduced us, is like, wow, she does so much. Does she do this by herself? And like being able to ask for help, what does that look like? How how does your team work, and what does your team look like? I outsourced very early because. And, and I'll tell you everything like the way my way this works for me, but it's it's so different for everyone, much like, you know, I wouldn't say like, okay, first you go to college, you study this, you get a full-time job, you, you kind of sneakily do all this other stuff on the side. Then you get a book deal. Then you use all your PTO days. So you're really stressed out for a year. You do the book tour. Then you're really tired and burnt out. And then you, you know, like I wouldn't suggest this to my worst enemy, but I also am really grateful that it all happened. Um, But within that, because of that, like my boyfriend I mentioned in college, my college boyfriend, we were dating still when I started this. So he did all of the editing figuring out how to get it to iTunes, all of that. So I feel like I kind of had someone as my web developer, like (laughs) he was just good at all that kind of thing. He was a designer and he just, yeah, he was was someone who lived by the motto of, we, I don't know how to do that. Cool, no problem. I'll Google it. I'll figure it out. It's not that hard. Where I live by the model of, if I'm not good at it right away, I'm going to crash and I'm going to just go in the kitchen and, you know, like, eat a snack and disassociate and want to die, you know? So it's like, it's really hard for me to like push myself and learn something new if it's, if it's really out of my expertise. And he was able to be like, dude, stop giving up so easily. I'll help Mm -hmm, you. mm -hmm. And, and this whole operation would not be possible without that. You know, I think we all need support and, especially when an idea is new and tender from someone who instead of being like, Oh, I don't want them to feel rejection and hurt and pain. So I'm going to not really help them here. Right. You want support from someone who's like, yeah, let's do this. Let's try. It might be hard, but let's go, you know? And, and that's, you know, how I like to help people now and really what he did for me. And I see that now, like how something in the opposite direction can be so hard, like a, a teacher not supporting you or oppositely. And anyway, so when we broke up, I was doing it all myself and I was editing it and I was also working for it. was just so much. And so I put in one of my newsletters and this is early. This is like maybe 2014, something like that, 2015. I put in my newsletter. I, does anyone know how to edit or I could teach you how to edit because I really need help with this podcast and I edit it myself and it's not that hard, but can you help me? And I interviewed, like I had a couple of people respond and I found this incredible person named Amanda who was with me 
for until 2020 until the pandemic so for you know nearly eight years and, and she really had like the keys to my business right because then through that we did my my book launch and we did all of this we launched the second podcast spiraling and I ended up she she was very overwhelmed at one point and so here we are, you know, making a weekly podcast. Eventually, like, it was just sort of like, oh, we have ads now. Cool. But now we have, someone needs to manage that and make sure we send invoices and get paid and, and say the correct things. And, and as you can maybe tell, I am a sort of a tornado type of a person. So I have, I'm very neurodivergent. I have, like, intense ADD. And I have a lot of ideas and, and not very much time. And I overfill my schedule. And I'm, I'm like, very very addictive personality and very obsessive about people and meaning like I really prioritize relationships and you know, I could go anyway, but um, she was the opposite of me in every way. And she was a bit older than me and she was able to, you know, she set us up with something called Asana, which I feel like you're probably familiar with the project management software that we use. And she got us on there and, and she was very, very overwhelmed. She's like, I can't do all of this. And, and then eventually we got these uh, ad reps, these guys who, who sell the show. Right. So we have, people selling ads for us, but we can also get our own ads. So she was managing our own ads, managing, you know, we had someone helping us get ads as well, but that alone was a job, right? And then, you know, she, I was doing all of the social media and I was doing all of the writing and all, you know, but she's copy editing, copy editing everything and she's editing the show. It was just too much. And so she was like, we need to get an editor. And so I had this incredible person named Mike who edited the show and edited Spiraling and, and he's an incredible audio engineer. And and so eventually in 2020, Amanda left because she had a baby and um, it was too much. And so I had a new person named Maria come in and, and she was great and she took over for Amanda. And and then she left and, and I her, her best friend from college actually her name's Ella and, and she helps me out right now but it, it's very minimal I think because the the business has actually gotten smaller and I'm, I'm figuring out you know what I'm doing and what my writing is and so Ella helps me a little bit with some of those things that Amanda was doing but it's a lot less right now and so she's you know really only around like one and a half days a week and and just for a couple hours and just very minimally you know make sure some things get done and mike actually left as well and so i was really flustered trying to find an an editor and, and a new audio engineer with the really limited budget that i had and the you know limited time i had to find someone and it's a commitment to do a weekly show and i was really torn up about it and and a good friend of mine from New York, uh, this is maybe way too much information, but I just think this is such a sweet story. But she was, uh, she worked with me at my, my old job, my marketing job. I worked for Kind Healthy Snacks, like the bars. And she was, she was the NYU person that I worked with there. And we kept in touch and she ended up moving west as well. And, and she's in California. I got her a job at the shop that I work at one day a week. And and we kept in touch. And then I was talking to her about how stressed out I was about finding an editor. And she's like, I think I can do it. And I was like, oh, no, you have like so much on your plate. And you're, you know, you're at the shop on Sundays. And we sorted it out. And now she's helping me out. And she took over for Mike. So that's really beautiful. And so it's a really small, so all that to say, like, 
it's really pretty much just me, you know. Ella helps me out a little bit, and Bree's editing, and 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 I. It's not just me, you know. I couldn't do it without them. I really couldn't. But um, it's not a big operation at all. Mm, yeah, but from from what I'm hearing, it's kind of almost like a very like seren not even serendipitous because I don't think the universe make is very good at mistakes. Uh, it sounds like everything like happens for a reason and things fall into not fall into place because as a creative entrepreneur you have to work really hard but I don't think that hard has to be synonymous with uh difficult you know what I mean like if you just let things happen and you let people come in and out of your life you know your business or your relationships at all like either of those you can find the people that are meant to be where they're supposed to be in your journey. And because you run, I think, such a like personal and helpful and vulnerable platform for so many people, I think that it's really beautiful that to know and like for our listeners to know that you lead a business with a lot of like integrity, like you walk the walk. So thank you for doing that. And also thank you for like not being a uh, gatekeeper because there's nothing worse in like <laughs> the creative realm, any type of, uh, you know, I like used to work in entertainment and that's what my degree is. And it's in film media and it's just kind of the worst whenever people are like, I'm going to like not tell you who could help you or like, I'm just going to like keep this secret or like this one way or this tool of doing it to myself, which is the entire point of, of cageless is, is I think that like, uh, people like you are what help other people and like the next generation. And, and it's never, like I say, the next generation, it's, it's never too late to start. Like I know plenty of people that have, that have like left their jobs and, and decided to do something that they always discredited themselves for. But like, even like you had said at a very young age, it was kind of like, well, I'm passionate about something that my environment can't foster. So thank you for fostering the environment that you are in now. Um, Katie, thank you so much for taking time to talk to us today and share a plethora of un unimaginable information that that you can't get from that you can't get from college. So Oh well thank you. And I I, I loved that what you said about about sharing and I have to be open. You can't be can't be cagey on, on the cageless podcast. <laughs> and mine is called Let It Out. So I'm just, you know, I'm an open book. I need to hold more in probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Katie, uh the last question that I have for you is what would you tell your younger self today, the one who didn't, uh, you know, stay in the hometown and stay caged in? What would you tell her? Oh, God, that's so nice to think about. You told me you're going to ask me this and I meant to think about it and I didn't. Shoot. What would I say? I, I think I would just be like, I would just give her a hug and I would laugh so hard at her and I would just be like, it's going to be so good, but it's going to be so hard and it's going to be so different than you think and that than you want right now. And I probably would have just told her to chill out a little bit and have more fun and be nice to herself. And I would have told I would have for sure said, don't miss your 20s. Like I, I would have told her to 
make some friends and <laughs> go out and do things, which I'm having to make up for now in my 30s. I keep saying I'm having the 20s and my 30s that I didn't have in my 20s. So I, I would have told her to enjoy her life a bit more and spend more time trying to make friends and in front of people instead of behind her computer. But also, you know, I, I'm grateful for the what I put in back then because it's what I have now in some ways. But my friend Crystal kind of has this mantra of like, perfect timing is always happening for everybody. And thank you. And just kind of says that over and over again. And that's a nice thing to believe. So I, I think I might just, you know, give her a hug and be like, buckle up. It's going to be weird. Try to be nice to yourself. You can move it a little quicker if you do. Like try to not be such a... I was very dogmatic and disciplined and, and I would just tell her to loosen the reins a little bit and not be such a, you know, dogmatic ass and, and really stop and smell what's a, around me and, and be as present as I could be. But, you know, I think she was trying her best. Yeah. I, I love that, that perfect timing is happening. You were made for this moment, you know? So you can try to speed it up or slow it down, but uh, if you're, mm-hmm. you're just meant to be here. So, ah, I love that. Katie, thank you for joining us today. Can you tell our listeners where they can connect with you online or in real life? I mean, if if you're down for like snail mail. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'll give my address. Sure. Um, Come on over. (laughs) No, I I mean, I'm just a Google away. Katie Dalebow at Katie Dalebow on Instagram. And my podcast, Let It Out, is you know, available 400 episodes, 402, I think today are up, but for so long I was like nearly 400, but now we're over 400 and I'm going to be running creative underdogs again. It's this group called in process or creative underdogs. I've switched the name about a million times, but it's a place to come and talk about everything that we talk about here and and support each other. And we do two Pomodoro techniques, you know, once a month and go through and work together for productivity. And, you know, I bring in guests and it's, it's cool. It's a container that you would probably like if you liked this and you like my show and I help people start podcasts if if you want to learn more about that. And you are doing great. And I'm really, really happy that I got to talk to you today. Thank you. Uh, Wow. Well, you guys know how to connect with Katie. You know how to connect with me. Uh, shoot us shoot us messages on, on Instagram and we'll get back to you. Shoot us emails. If you do have any questions about creative entrepreneurship or life in general or dogs, I love answering dog questions. <laughs> um, we love you guys. Thanks, Katie. And we will see you next time on Cageless. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Spotify, Apple, anywhere you get your podcast. It's important because, well, I want to know what you think. You can ask me questions at Cageless Podcast on Instagram or text me at 903-871-5092.